Hey. Hey. All right, welcome. Episode 10, Twisted Lister, as always. My name is Scott, joined by Todd and Harrison, and another in-studio guest. Steve, what's up, man? I wouldn't call me in studio, but yes. No, you're, <laughs> Thank you. you're in the you're in the virtual studio. It's all good. I'm in a studio. That's right. Yeah, it's all good. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, coming in with Hip Hop Array because we're gonna count down the top hip hop artists of the '90s. A very wide ranging topic, I feel like, but we're gonna try to do it as somebody who gave out singles for both DOS Effects, Arrested Development, and Candyman knocking the boots at my bar mitzvah. I feel perfectly qualified <laughs> to be doing this, so uh, I think we're ready to go. Um, anyway, excited about it. Last show was great. Got some good feedback on the last show. Of course, last show we counted down our favorite hit, our favorite pop backs, or favorite pop songs from this century, from the last 14 years. Got some good feedback on that wanted to start with that of course you can always reach us twisted lister 69 at gmail.com and we got some good feedback from our buddy bill todd your brother looking for <laughs> yes it. yeah yeah some good good feedback on that very much enjoyed excellent feedback actually excellent excellent, excellent yeah feedback. you liked it i know because he agreed with you of course <laughs> well yeah yeah very much enjoyed the pop songs podcast which i listened to at the gym on sunday it's good that we can get you through your workout bill uh he right. says that he would have put i got a feeling by the black eyed peas on the list i agree i think we discounted that uh -oh. song big yeah. time disagree uh, big time, i think one of the worst songs ever it's written. an awful song uh, I'm gonna, i actually edited it for, my, for my wedding i edited it i edited a full minute out of the song because i was forced to play it it's a five and a half minute song. I edited it down to four and a half minutes just so I wouldn't have to listen to I it remember, anymore. I remember your wedding. But you, Wait, yeah, but the mashup. You, yeah. you, you, Matt, you played the mashup instead, and I got in trouble for that because I was considered a cheat. <laughs> but the mashup was great. I, I, I'm gonna, I wonder if I could find that mashup. That was, uh, it was Boston and Black Eyed Peas. I mean, what more that could you terrible. ask? <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. terrible. Oh, that sounds it was, terrible. It was, it was novel. You know was what? It, is it featuring See, LMFAO? Uh, they, they were probably involved somehow, but you know what? The, the, the definition of terrible after you're at an open bar until 1 a.m. changes completely. So, it does. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think it's a great track. But anyway, he says he, he's he would put I got a feel, and then he's also more feedback from Bill, of course, also saying that uh, Shakira was the biggest miss of the list. So the biggest miss mm. of the list was not including possibly the biggest pop star in the world over the last decade and a half. It isn't Beyonce or Rihanna, according to Bill. It's Shakira. Go anywhere in the world. She's, yes. I like this. this ubiquitous. <laughs> I love that. When you refer to a pop ah. star as ubiquitous. Uh, ubiquitous. Mention was made of Hips Don't Lie. That was me. But her best yes. and most universal pop song is Waka Waka, which was played <laughs> at least a million times just as the World Cup in South Africa alone. Now, that's a great, truly enduring pop song that belongs on the list. And here it is. And it's not just because I have a Shakira fetish. Well, you see, the thing is... <laughs> My theory, I think you just gave away yeah, uh, my theory the here. my theory with pop songs holds true as I explained it, as we as we went back and forth on email this week I my you know I had I, I lobbied heavy for Katy Perry um, and I gave two reasons and I'm sure everybody has two reasons for Katy Perry and then uh, I also and then <laughs> no Todd, Todd, no Todd, Wow Todd, I like that. Todd, <laughs> Todd lobbied heavily for Rihanna. And right. and Harrison lobbied heavily for Carly Rae Jepsen. I feel like there was a pattern. And I think if you were, what I'm saying is, I think if you were to poll women, you'd get completely different answers. 
So I I don't know. Maybe I think there's a whole. I'm doing a whole psychoanalysis of why men like. But are you saying that women would choose men more? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying they just pick different well, women? Well, I don't know. Well, there's two theories. Either men look at pop music in a very superficial way, or and and women so women would look at it completely different. Or women would have the same reaction, and they would all pick people like Timberlake and John Mayer. I don't know. See, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, if I, I mean, with that pop, part, pop music makes it a little bit easier to hang your emotions on the music, right? You know, it's just, or you know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It, what does that mean? It's a little bit easier to, like, you know, I don't know, project. <laughs> Keep going, Harrison. Keep no, no. I want no, you to. No, I'm, no, dig, no. I'm digging real bad no, here. No, no, I'm no. Done. Follow it up because hang, I, your emo- hang your emotions on it, Harrison. No, no, no. I don't know. You can just, you can just, you can let go into the. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. Harrison, <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? I have no idea, man. I'm, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out on this what? one. Harrison, can you tell me what, what's another Carly Rae Jepsen song? I don't know. I don't, I don't have any interest in it. I mean, I just, that's just one really good song. You know? <laughs> yeah. Steve, you should hear the conviction that he brought to that last week. That is his number one pick. It was I a like, high conviction pick. I can I, can I ask conviction. a question? Did, Car- did she actually write that song? I'll probably I doubt it. I doubt it. I wouldn't. Okay, so then I think that should be discounted if she didn't write the song. Well, well it's not about the, but they did the weird time. You know, it was best you know pop songs. It wasn't right, the right. category it's a performance. wasn't pop. Okay. Performance. Harrison, yeah. go, okay. go back right. to I what was you said. Rihanna probably didn't write most of her songs. Yeah. Go go back to what you said, Harrison. You said a really good song, very emphatically, huh? Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah this is the best, dude. This is the best. Part. I played play this song at my wedding. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. This is a great right. song. Full disclosure, I like it. Alright, everybody likes it. I, I didn't, I don't, it doesn't do much for me. I don't I don't know. deny that it's a catchy song, I just, I it just put, didn't, it didn't rank up with, you know, my top five. There we go. That's all, but, but I want to. Yeah, alright, go ahead. So, we're so we're done. I want to discuss Shakira real quick, since Bill made that point that yeah. he thought that was a, a big omission. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I and, and I realize Bill's dropping the I'm a global citizen card here. He did. Um, oh, so, yeah. you know, I live around the world. And so you could argue that Shakira, Dude, I'm sure she's Todd, bigger Todd, in Latin America. Todd, but... don't forget, she's ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. She is ubiquitous. <laughs> she is. All four foot 11 of her. But I, I have to t- argue with Bill on the, the Waka Waka song. I bet if you polled, you know, 100 Americans on that song, if they'd ever heard it before, I would guess... Maybe ten. That's generous. Probably five. May have heard of it. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I know it, but that's because he Bill was at the World Cup and he was like, "You got to hear this song." So I listened to it a bunch. I don't. I don't. I just, I've never heard it. I but, think there's some have you guys massive cultural it? privilege there on no. your on your statement, Todd. I think there's plenty of Hispanic uh, Americans who have oh, heard the song. Waka Waka. Well, it was. Yeah. Okay. So so would that be ten out of a hundred? Are you saying there's going to be twenty percent of people who have heard that song? I doubt that. Well, maybe I don't know. I haven't. But I think, well, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, this is the song. Okay. Really? That's terrible. Oh, it's over. Bill. Oh, no, bad. yeah. Yeah. No, Bill's, Bill's out. Right. I'm sorry, Bill. Yeah. Bill, you're done. We can't agree. Yeah, that's okay. Can't agree on that. All right. That's I mean, he was still right about me having things. the best list. Well, I mean, we can give him right. credit for you're that, gonna right? You're going to pick and choose here, right? We're going to well, pick and choose. I mean, that was definitely correct. It's well, a line item process yeah. here. Yeah, yeah yes. let, let's see um, Let's see if that streak continues today, Harrison. So I did want to mention another listener, Andy. Um, Andy did comment, and he was – he actually – the funny thing was he said Umbrella clearly is number one, and he actually also right. – so he agreed with me. Oh. Umbrella, Rihanna, and he also said Rolling in the Deep, that those two should definitely be 
I just I disagree. So I liked having some backup there because I knew you guys disagreed. Wait, wait a minute. I'm gonna. But what about my my theory though? Going back to my theory about women. And also, re, re, Adele Beyonce, and Beyonce was a clear number one among all uh, three of us. No, I, I'm not disputing Beyonce. I I had Beyonce as number one. Right. Like he was just saying that those two were I felt, were very uh, should be top five. So so what I so, so now good feedback. using my psychoanalysis, Beyonce holds all the traits that that I guess all men look for. That all men are yeah. seeking. So, there you yeah, go. There you go. All right. Well, anyway, Steve's One totally. Beyonce, Steve is totally weirded out. Steve's like, "Why am I here for this show yeah, right no, now?" He's yeah. like, "I didn't come here to talk about pop." I wish yeah. I brought a pop list. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Was Pitbull, did you guys put Pitbull on there? Because no. he's. No, 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 this is what I'm saying. No men, I don't, did any, no male fronted group made the list except for my Black Eyed Peas mention, right? Timberlake or Robin Thicke? Nope, nope, we didn't have Timberlake. No Timberlake, and I'm telling, that's what I'm saying, if you, women, it would be completely different. I'm just saying. I think you could still put Michael Jackson as the. Well, we did for this this century. It was since 2000. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah. I'm saying you're still going to hear Michael Jackson pop songs. No, no. Clubs, radio. No, but but it's it's been released. So the one that he's rele- released, um, the the posthumous release that he already put out that went nowhere, that did yeah. not make the list. And now he's gonna have another one, uh, mm. with a misspelling of the word escape, uh, uh, on the album title. I guess is gonna be the right. new. He's gonna call, he's having an album called X Escape. X Escape. X. Wasn't X Escape like a bad uh, yeah. R&B? Oh yeah. R&B. Oh yeah. But it was yes. just X Escape. Right. X-scape. One of the okay. one of the singers of X Escape is on my television all the time. She stars in an Andy Cohen production. Real one of the Real Housewives. She's on. Ugh. Oh yeah. Wow. She, she was in X Escape. Then now she's now she's an Andy Cohen star. Hopefully one day we can all aspire to be Andy Cohen stars. All right. Anyway, moving on. One more thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the countdown. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Took place uh, this uh, this week, and obviously among the the inductees, Kiss and Nirvana. Wanted to get your your takes on it, but I, I there was a some, there were some really cool quotes that came out of uh, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, Jan Wenner, Michael Stipe, and some other you know people say what they want to say about the uh, about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing, of course, but. Um, I think there's there's I'm trying to find these quotes as I stall here, but uh, yeah, there was some really cool stuff that came out of it. Uh, what was your guys' opinion on the whole thing after reading about it? I um, I watched a lot of the performances, or well, actually more of the speeches yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, as a huge Springsteen fan, obviously, I was that was probably my highlight was his induction speech of the E Street Band was I thought it was phenomenal. If you're if you're a Springsteen fan at all. It's definitely worth watching. He does a great job of going through the a brief history of the E Street Band, and I I loved it. I was loving it. So that was a highlight for me. But also, um, yeah, Michael Stipe, like you, you know, you were you pulled a great quote. Michael Stipe inducting Nirvana, um, and also uh, I saw some of Chris Martin inducting Peter Gabriel. I'm I'm not a huge Chris Martin fan, but I love Peter Gabriel. So I thought that was it was cool. And he his speech was like was a little more brief, and he's kind of humble, which I like. But he joked about his like get-ups that he wore in the early Genesis days, about wearing a flower costume and the things music will make you do. But I love Peter Gabriel. I got a chance to see him last year when he was doing the So Front to Back tour. But that was really cool. Hollow Notes, I'm not such a big fan. But apparently they were upset because E Street Band um, took a lot of time in their speeches because there's so many members. And so it cut Hollow Notes short, so they weren't happy. <laughs> but I, th- I, th- I thought it was—I told Neither Scott Hall nor Hoax. But they can happy. just go back. They, they were not happy. At why? All. Why wasn't the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction live from Daryl's house? That would have made it way cooler, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know yeah, what they yeah, were thinking. Yeah, yeah. live. But from Questlove, there. Questlove, an interesting choice for inducting Hollow Notes. But Scott pointed out that the Philadelphia connection is yeah. there. 
But so, you wouldn't. I wouldn't normally think of Questlove and Hall and Oates, but apparently he's a big fan. Yeah, so, well, yeah. he's a big fan of everything. I think he's into everything. Of, That's like, true. Yeah. But that's uh, a great thing about Questlove. The quotes made me. You know, they made me think a lot about why we do this show. So I wanted to go through them. Uh, Jan Wenner, yeah. of course, the the founder of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which a lot of people have an opinion on. Say what you will about him, of course, founder of Rolling right. Stone. Right, and Rolling Stone well. magazine. Yeah, Rolling Stone is where, right. So he says, as Keith Richards has said so often, at this age, we're thrilled to be anywhere. We're here to celebrate our youth, our music, and that which keeps us forever young. Rock and roll offers hope and passion and joy and courage and love, a way to understand the world around us and for so many of us, a way of life. I thought that was pretty cool. Peter Gabriel had a cool one. Did you hear Peter Gabriel lifted the his trophy up over his head like he was doing the John Cusack? Did you hear? Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. Chris Martin did then, the in his speech. He held his hands over his head. Yeah. And they they showed the say they showed Cusack behind him doing doing it in the movies. But I didn't know Gabriel. Did and, that, and then but. he and then he of course brought out Yusu Indoor to. Uh, perform <laughs> yes. you know he did he's, he's, he brought out any, did. anytime no, he did. anytime you can bring him out uh, i don't know how he was available but he somehow well he got him. he got the day off from the womad tour which is still going around <laughs> it's just going around the world around and around but peter gabriel says watch out for music it should come with a health warning it can be dangerous it can make you feel so alive so connected to the people around you connected to what you are inside it can make you think the world should and could be a much better place it can make you very happy and then Michael Stipe's quote, going into the Nirvana stuff, was was great. I mean, about Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. He says, they were singular, loud, and melodic, and deeply original. And that voice, that voice, Kurt, we miss you, I miss you. Nirvana defined a moment, a movement for outsiders from the fags and the fat girls to the shy nerds and the goth kids in Tennessee and Kentucky, for the rockers to the awkward to the too smart kids and the bullied. We were a community. I, that's a really good quote from Michael Stipe about the legacy of Kurt Cobain. And, of course, that led into the, the Nirvana tribute, which was the female-fronted Nirvana tribute, which I thought was really cool. Joan Jett and others, of course, doing Nirvana songs and ended with Lord. Was uh, Annie Clark? Did I hear that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, St. Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah she was. She did it. And then it was yeah, and Lord. Lord. Like, Lord. And we'll all, doing all apologies. Yes, and we're going to wait a month to see it on HBO because it couldn't be broadcast live, as if it hasn't been that's all right. over YouTube. But um, so yeah, it, it was. I thought that was really cool. The kiss stuff was bizarre all week. Todd, what did you? Th I mean, Paul. St basically, Paul uh, Stanley's like, we we run this shit. The rest of you are just yeah. Maybe, yeah. I, I was on Scott. I, they were they they were on the cover of the newest Rolling Stone, and I read the interview, and I just thought that like Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons just come off as such They're such assholes. Bad. Yeah, they just come yeah. off. And and yeah, I mean Ace Frehley and Peter Chris, you know they I'm sure they they obviously apparently they both had their various drug problems and there were reasons why they didn't stay in the band, but it's just like put it just for bury the hatchet, you know. And Stevie Nicks, I like how she tried to be the peacemaker here. Stevie Nicks was like basically saying with Fleetwood Mac, we had a lot of you know crap in our past and we we. You know, we, we put it behind us for the show, and they're missing opportunity here. And she was right. So. I feel like you Steve... think that the four of them would just be happy to be relevant for another. Two I know, minutes, which I is how no long the performance care. would have been. You know, it's just yeah. like just get up there. Did and you guys ever hear um, uh, Gene Simmons on Terry Gross, Fresh Air? No. Okay, it's what kind of an it? infamous interview, where he just he's pretty sexist. He's, oh, really? he's, oh, he's extremely sexist. I can't it's, say I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... yeah. The the interview's about half an hour long, and it's really really awkward. Really? I, would, uh, 
I, 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 yeah. listen, I would say that I, I would say that would be a little awkward on NPR, most likely. Yeah. Probably not yeah. the place for a sexist rant. Yeah. Uh, I found I, I I dug down into the um, Kiss sinkhole on YouTube this week and found mm. this performance of Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons playing with gin blossoms in 1994, which was another topic. Yeah, Steve, I find this stuff seriously. This is <laughs> this is amazing. Maybe amazing isn't the right word. It's a nice honky-tonk piano right there. Yeah. Wait, Scott, was that from Letterman? This is this is live on Letterman was, in 1994. The Gin Blossom. So I wanted to show how 94 and Kiss came together, of course. That's right. And Scott, you reminded us about the, the Kiss tribute album that came out there. Yeah, well, that was off the album. So the Jim Blossom contributed to yeah. this album that I that I uncovered. And I remember, I started the search because I remember Jim Blossom's playing some Kiss thing or something. And then I started, and then as any internet search, you can start going down some sinkhole. And yeah. uh, next thing That's you right. know, you're listening. You're watching high school fight videos <laughs> and uh, <laughs> getting hit by cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, World star. I, I, I usually, I actually, I actually usually end up on while watching Pink Bootlegs. But sure, yeah, if that's what you, that's where <laughs> that's you end up. I, yeah, and Harris, we're not even gonna ask where Harrison ends up when he goes down. The, oh, you don't. Know. <laughs> oh God. But I found this. So they did this this thing in '94, this tribute album, and like Lenny Kravitz was on it, Jim Blossoms were on it. Told the, you have to say the title of the album. You can't, you can't not. Oh no! Say the title kiss, of the kiss my ass, of course. Exactly, dude. So your, your boy, your boy <laughs> so Harrison Maynard Keenan was on the album in, in a, really? a, a side yeah. project called Shandy's Addiction, and they performed oh. something. Wait, <laughs> who's in it? I think Morello is in it. I want to say Morello was in it, but look it up to be sure. But there's a Toad the Wet Sprocket cover of Rock and Roll All Night. It sounds just like what you would expect if Toad the Wet Sprocket were to cover. Uh, rock and roll all night. It that's that's what it sounds like. Um, you know, not yeah, not something you would want to hear probably. But to the wet bracket, I was listening yesterday. It's on the it's on the twisted twisted lister Beatles cover playlist. But they did an awesome cover of Hey Bulldog, which I don't think I mentioned on the, I, the Beatles show. Yeah. But they it's a it's a pretty hard rocking song for as far as the Beatles go. And and Toad like rocks about as much as I ever heard them rock. Oh so. yeah, you know, uh, Grohl, it's a good, it's a Dave one. Grohl covered that at the uh, Beatles tribute show on CBS. That's right. Yeah, and Dave Grohl. Uh, and, yeah, that that was a great choice for so, him. So so this this nice. this is not very hard rocking for a hard rock song. This is rock and roll all night by Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty bad. Talk I need about to hit a missing course, the point. That one, oh. like, anyway, they gave Hey Bulldog a much better treatment. Yeah. I, I don't know about rock and roll all night, but I, Lenny Kravitz had a good song, and I think he covered Deuce, and he did a really good job <laughs> on the Kiss My Ass tribute. Yeah, Deuce, what a name for yeah. a song! He did great song. <laughs> he he totally dropped a great Deuce on that album. Yeah. Yeah. That album was one big do. Sorry, let's get into the countdown. Wasn't Garth Brooks on what? there? Sorry, that was no. one last thing I had to ask. No, Garth, was on Garth Brooks was busy prepping for his role in his Chris fame. Gaines? Yeah. <laughs> Chris Gaines. But Chris Gaines. In a future show, we have to do a show on most regrettable albums, I think. And I think oh, that, might, that might get mentioned. I found one this week as I was traveling. Oh, So yesterday I decided to do a YouTube search for, I go, you know what time of year it is? It's spring break time. I'm going to look up MTV Spring Break. There's got to be some great MTV Spring Break videos. I found one from 1986 with Graham Nash performing his new solo single at the time. What? Called Innocent, Graham Nash? Innocent Eyes. It was, yeah. 
There's nothing that says spring break like Graham Nash. Anyway. Big glass of whiskey. Um, Yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, Rex and Effect, Rump Shaker or something. I was like, that's a spring break. That should have been on MTV spring break. That would have been been better and a better time to the show. No, you find these. Yes. No, in the 80s, you find the classic rockers doing the blazer thing, you know, and he was doing the full-on, like, wearing the blazer. Uh, He had a weirdly shaped guitar, synthesizers, the whole deal. Yeah, so so was Don Henley right. not available. Yeah. Well, Don For Henley, aging '80s record. Don Henley was quaffing his ponytail at that point, so he was <laughs> he was busy. All right, and enough of All that. Right. Uh, let's get into the countdown. As mentioned, uh, special in studio guest Steve is here. Steve from the world famous yes. podcast Chrome Bills and hip hop podcast. It's Glad to have you. Available world? on iTunes. Yeah, yeah it's available yeah. on iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah. Available I'm glad, on I'm glad iTunes, Steve's SoundCloud. here because he, he yeah. brings a new perspective because what are we but three white guys from Bethesda? So we right. added it's so like a we, show about so, hip hop. So he brings exactly. Steve in. So we added Who a, knows right. more about rap than a bunch of white dudes in wait, their 30s? Wait, wait a minute. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, so Harrison, we added a fourth white dude from Bethesda. That's Bethesda. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. Harrison, your arguments are... <laughs> I'm the only guy wearing a hat. So I Ironclad. It's true. No, but Steve, yeah. but Chrome Bills is a podcast. It's a hip hop podcast. So Steve is kind of our, you know, resident scholar slash expert for ooh, today. I was afraid that, this was I'm sorry. Happen. Is that too much? To I was say afraid you're the, this was going to happen. Okay. I had. To, yeah, I just wanted um, people to know why you're, you know, an authority. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I've got because I'm I'm 41 episodes deep into a hip hop podcast. Yes. There you That's go. You See? are. I put in work, son. Yeah. More. Today more... is also known as the Walter Johnson Podcasting Summit. So that's, true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the that's alternate good. name. Yeah, I've got uh, I got two hosts on the show with me who are ex battle rappers or maybe current battle rappers. So that adds a little bit of credibility to yeah, it. That's a nice pedigree right there. Um, C's Mike's and K Chromosome. So right. you can look those guys up. They both battled in Scribble Jam. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, they're still doing shows around here, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of the technical lead slash DJ engineer for the show. Um, so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, of course. Um, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so you, yeah, check yeah. us check us out. Um, I would say start off with the Edan interview. You know, just because. Which episode is that? Which that's, you're that's around? Number that's number thirty. So. Thirty. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, check out Chrome Bills on iTunes. Let's let's get into the countdown, counting down the top five hip hop acts of the '90s. This ties in with with a news story this week, of course, with the reunion of Outkast taking place at Coachella. Pretty cool mm. show, I thought. I watched some of it. I watched about the first 45 minutes. No, of it. I agree, man. Yeah. Very high energy set. Yeah. Friday night. Yeah, really good show. We can get more into that a little later as we talk Coachella. But yeah. of course, with that happening, we felt this was the right time to do a show about the top hip hop acts of the '90s. Harrison. You want to kick it off, man? I'll start. We'll just dive in at my number five. Now, this one switched around a bunch for me, but I I came back to who I had originally put down, uh, Public Enemy is my number five. Now, uh, Nation of Millions dropped in 1989, and that's probably their most famous album. But in the 90s, you still got uh, Fear of a Black Planet, Apocalypse 91, and, um, and He Got Game soundtrack, which I think was like their real kind of... Um, return to form as just a, a just a really good hip hop album, um, and and take it as a whole. We talked about that before about how um, hip hop and rap don't always lend themselves to albums, but that one holds up. I guess you know being structured structured around a soundtrack helps. Wait, but, let's uh, let's. So I'm glad it only took. There was also I'm, music. Good music and the message. Music, yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, music the message was 94. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. My, my only my only thing with Public Enemy was was only because of the timing. But uh, you're right. A lot of they they had a lot of '90s output. But it takes a nation of millions. Obviously, they kind of straddled the '80s and '90s. So that was the only yeah. reason. They were the only artists I think that I knocked off my list over the course of the week. But not because I don't think they belong there, but just because of the topic, I guess. The definition. Yeah. But you still but, got like nine one one's a joke. By the time I get to Arizona, I mean all those came out. Those were all '90s tracks. Yeah, so. oh, that's true. That's true. And, I mean they're uh, great. So it, fear of a black clan probably in the, the first rap, like really strong rap album that I had ever heard when I was a kid. So that had a yeah. huge influence on, I, and I, on my I, musical taste. Yeah, I agree. Public Enemy being on the list, but I, I wanted to interject because I'm glad that it only took two minutes for the Public Enemy mention for two reasons. Number one, I just mentioned Graham Nash and his solo career, so it's good that you bring up he got game because Stephen Stills does the vocals on that track for those who don't know yeah. and we're going to hear that in a second my other thing regarding he got game is that i do feel that it should have been played instead of one shining moment this year because yukon won the championship given the jesus shuttleworth ray allen connection i feel that if yukon wins this should take one shining moment's place you're right if ever there is a time this would be it. It might feel good it might sound a little something but damn the game if it don't we're going to wait we gotta wait for Steven Stills. Where's the game in life? Behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. Steven, I love this song. Scott does not miss a chance to know that song. He loves it. I love this song. No, no, this is. not their best. Oh, no, Steve. Trusted or 911 is a joke. No, no, you're right, Steve. Those are classics, but this is this is a I feel like a, a track that flies under the radar along with the newer one, uh, Harder Than You Think, it was called. I think. Harder just Than You Think. Yeah. Just, yeah. Harder Than You Think is amazing, but that's this century, obviously. No, but, but that song was – I like how that song bridged. I feel like that one's kind of a classic gimme. rock. And it that, is a, that's, that sample is just kind of a gimme, and then, like, the chorus is pretty cliche. I don't know. Not are, my favorite public enemy song. No, I'm not saying – no, no, no. None of us are arguing. Uh, I, I, well, I might make an argument, but I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just. It might be right. Ter- no. no. My favorite public but enemy I- song, far and away, is Terror Dome. So, but Ooh. I, uh, yeah. I do want it. The Stephen Stills part is hilarious, and any time that we had an opportunity here, wait a minute. I think it's coming up. Here, it's coming up. I feel like our audience needs to hear it. Yeah. Hang on. And our new world order is about to begin. You know what I'm saying? Now the question is, are you ready for the real revolution, which is the evolution of the mind? If you seek, then you shall find that we all come from the divine. You dig what I'm saying? Now if you take heed to the words of wisdom that are written on the wall. Here it comes, I promise you. Stephen Stills, right here, right here. Hold on. After Flav is done talking. Twelve more bars. Yep. Yeah. There's a call for all you sleeping souls. Wake up and take control of your own cipher. And be on the lookout for the spirit snipers trying to steal your life. Flav was really on one when they recorded this. Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, maybe I missed it. Yeah, I don't know. You got me. It's okay. All right, we're done. Fine, but I promise you. Steven, the best part of the track, Steve, he, goes, he goes, sing it, Steve, or something like that. And you're like, where did they find Steven <laughs> Stills Steve. to sing That's this great. thing? 
Yeah, I I want to give it. I really, I really. It's want another to, hiatus from it. CSN, I guess. I want to find it. But I want to. But you really want to play it. All right, I can't find. But it. I was gonna say that one of the cool things in in about Public Enemy, I think, was that the well the obvious influence that they had, huge influence. And one thing I discovered this week, and this kind of ties into a lot of our recent Nirvana discussion, but I didn't realize that uh, Kurt Cobain cited. Um, it takes a nation of millions as one of his like all-time favorite albums, which I never would have expected. Oh, I so I think that's that. cool. It just speaks to the yeah. influence that they had. Yeah. They had a, a pretty wide influence, and uh, you know they were obviously one of the like the, one of the early rap pioneers. But so they, you know, I can't argue with them being on the list. For me, it was a technical thing, I guess. <laughs> I ma- I made a judgment technical. on some some acts as well because of when you. their best stuff came out. That's I, true, and I have an act I'll mention later that had some stuff that came after or in two thousand. Yeah, go ahead. All right, let's Harrison. let's keep going, Harrison. All right, yeah. number four, number four. You know, this I kind of waver on this one, but I have uh, I had Dr. Dre um, in in total as a as an artist and producer in the nineties. Um, wow. And and I mix in with yeah. him. Basically, I I give him credit for Snoop's first album. Um, as far as that just being an extension of what he was doing already, so I think yeah. he, de- he deserves credit just for all like like he his personal solo output was obviously very low, but like um you know, you produced, like, hugely influential. The Chronic was you know huge. just a huge album huge of the nineties. Huge, but I mean, not just rap, but every but any there's there's an album I don't know if you guys know about the DOC. No one could do it better. That was a Dr. Dre production '91. It's oh really? Another yeah. another extension of the of the uh, Compton legacy. Okay. Yeah, and again, right. and this is I'm just the, kind of the opposite of public, en- you know, the opposite end of things. Public Enemy with the California rap, totally different vibe, totally different approach to music. You know, I think New York hip hop and rap was much more politically oriented in its own way, whereas uh, California rap, I think, was a, a far more real. I guess dealing with day to day stuff. So different approach to the whole hip hop thing. I, and and I think he just definitely deserves to be on the list. Um, for just the wide range of stuff that he touched. In the I movies. agree. I kind of had, it's funny, I, I had a, a half overlap. You mentioned Snoop, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard to separate, especially at the beginning, Snoop and Dre, because obviously Dre brought him up. But I would say, yeah, when you talk about NWA and then the, you know, the, the kind of diaspora of mm-hmm. NWA, it's hard to, uh, <laughs> I don't you know, know I, I think you can make a good argument for, for all <laughs> What? All of them together. Well, Wait, not all like, no, but no, NWA no, was like, more just... of an 80s thing. But, yeah, you know, obviously with Ice Cube and Dre, both had a huge you know, impact in the huge. '90s. Yeah. So, but I mean, does Ice Cube lose some credibility because he made "Are We There Yet" too? Does like has he lost? Uh, I try to judge it in a just looking at the just looking at the work. But yeah, you're right. You in said general, no, it's hard not to I, be. Ice Cube impressive. is Ice Cube's on my list. Okay. Okay. Nice. Fair I had enough. Ice Cube. It was like one of my you know he was right on the edge kind of there like with Public Enemy too. But I mean, I love. I mean, Ice Cube, his first few albums, like solo albums, are incredible, I think. Yes. Oh, moving on, number three, um, and you know, and you can make an argument that he could be higher on the list for sure for me. Uh, Biggie, Biggie Smalls, yeah, yeah Ready to I Die mean, and Life After Death. You don't even have to argue that one, I don't think. But... I don't think so, right? Does anybody can argue? <laughs> 90s, I mean, where 90s, would 90s hip-hop be without... Like, yeah, I think he's, Biggie. Uh, he's Biggie, man. Now, so. Harrison... I want to just go through what what. How did you come up with your list? I mean, was it, was there criteria here? 
Criteria, I mean, for me, for my list, criteria was like stuff they did in the 90s, hip-hop acts of the 90s, which okay. is why Jay-Z isn't on my list, because I feel like he was more of a 2000. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I would have put Jay-Z I mean, on if it was a later. Or not, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, volume... Uh, Reasonable you know, Doubt. Reasonable Doubt came out, yeah, 96. Reasonable Doubt. The first two albums, I mean, Volumes 2 and 3 came out, you know, I think mean, the first three, you know, the whole Sean Carter series came out back then, but I, I feel like he more hit as a 2000s artist, so... Sure. Didn't yeah, agree. That's the only reason I didn't put him on, too. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, disagree, but I'll wait until it's my list, right. so we'll keep, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, so, no... Go ahead. Yeah, Biggie. I mean, it, I think, it, I'd be surprised if you know. I think Biggie's going to be an overlap. I'm going to say, regarding Jay Z, I think Hard Knock Life is a very polarizing track, and I think that's where I feel. Anyway, I'll get more into it during my list, but I think that Hard Knock Life is such a polarizing track that that's what causes the issue with the, with the list and his placement on the list. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So yeah, it just as we say, well yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to him. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So my number two, um, sticking. I have a my, my my list is very New York heavy here. I realize I have Tribe Called Quest is uh, is my number number two. That's a great choice, man. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's I, on my list. So I, I just I don't know what to say <laughs> other than um, their their albums are just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, the low end. Well, well said. The source, when the source reviewed the Low End Theory, that's what the Low End Theory has got to be one of the best rap albums of all time. <laughs> just uh, put together and then followed up with Midnight Marauders. And again, this is going to the producer stuff. Like Q-Tip still gets a lot of credit for everything he did definitely uh, during the period. Um, you know, even Vibrant Thing by itself was a great track. And that was '99, so that's still yep. and they were firmly a, a, a group of the '90s. Yep. So they were. I mean, they clearly all their output was all in the '90s. That's part of why they, you'll see, they come out very high on my list. <laughs> and and my the four white guys, of course, we're gonna choose Tribe Called Quest as the group. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's an interesting so discussion, though. Is there like, uh, yeah, is, is, are there certain acts I'm that threatening? Like, you know, that, that have that <laughs> so, appeal to? Do you think Tribe has like more white fans or? I mean, the other I mean, that's a, a lot uh, of jazz. I mean, it was a, just a, uh, this is going down a road. This is a different topic. Let's different topic. Right. This I feel I like I, no. This is where we need we need that that guy who teaches hip hop who teaches like the history of hip hop at Georgetown. A class. We yeah, need a one of, yeah, one of those yeah. professors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all right. Go ahead. All right. And uh, yeah. and my number <laughs> my number one again I think a, a product of the '90s and another New York, great New York rap act is uh, Wu Tang. Which um, I, I don't even think I need to argue. Say it. that, say Harrison. Say Thirty-six say Chambers, no, nineteen ninety-three. I don't know how many times you can use that one. I, don't know. I can't. <laughs> Cream, come on. Cream is. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing with it. I'm not. I mean, I'm not arguing with it. It's hard. Wu Tang was like hugely influential, you know, rap hey, act, and oh, certainly a product of the nineties. Harrison, I yeah. just want you to say that again. That sound. That was the whitest sounding introduction to Wu Tang I've ever heard. Oh, say that. <laughs> Say that one more. You All said right. one of the. Say, no, just repeat. I wish I could just. I, we, this not, way, not, we need another. We need to do it again. Rewind. We need. Podcast. I know. We Go need an. We need an intern or a producer here who can rewind that because it was amazing. It was. Uh, no, I. I, I dude, was, I totally lack any sort of any sort of gravitas when it comes to talking about this subject. Like I like. I, I like hip hop, but I'm not an expert on it. No, There's look, no way it's all good. Comfort zone here, man. No, that's uh, why I think it's good that we're talking about. Don't it change who you are, Harrison. Yeah. Not, not, don't not, let them I'm get to you. To. Yeah, yeah it's like You're... it's like every week, man. They're just bullies. Yeah. <laughs> Internet yeah, bullies. Hey, you should have seen last week. They bullied me. They got my songs off the list. Yeah, that so was that was we, awesome. I think it goes in it different great. directions. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. But, I mean, yeah. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. I, I, yeah. Yeah. 
Good no, luck. Like I said, Wu Tang. The only reason they're not on my list, and they were again, they were very close call for me. Because you're I, silly. Yeah, because I'm just wrong. No, but I, I, it's just funny. It's like you said, Harrison. Some things just, you know, they stick, they connect, whatever. You love them, like, like Tribe. You know, for me, is very high up on the list. But like Wu Tang, I, I definitely, I remember listening to Thirty Six Chambers. I remember listening to that a lot in my bedroom back in high school. Um, but it's just. To me, it didn't stick with me, I guess, as much mm-hmm. as like some of the other artists. So that's the only reason I didn't put it on there. But they're obviously, if we're going to talk about influence, you know, and that's the thing. You talk, Steve was talking about criteria earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I used influence as a factor, but I, I, I kind of more used just like personal. I think as Scott talks about a lot, the personal connection you have to the music. I think that usually is the trump card. So for me, for Wu Tang, it just wasn't quite as high. I did see him at Coachella last year, and there. They sounded good, but you know, I, I think they're unfortunately they haven't really put out I, I saw, much great stuff after it, the '90s. I, saw, I think the honeymoon is way over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna quote. We're talking about of the you '90s. Know what? I'm gonna you know? no, let's. Yeah, Wu Tang. Wu Tang. Yeah. However, Wu Tang. Nobody can argue what they've done from a business standpoint. And I'm gonna sum it up by uh, I was talking to Matt and Kim at a festival. You know, the Indie Act. Matt and Kim at a festival. Uh, um, Name dropper. No, and Name and they girl. were saying. Well, I was doing I'm some stuff kidding. anyway. I was and 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 they were saying they'd come from i was i saw them at riot fest in uh, denver and they had done a show in dallas the night before at some festival in dallas and we were talking who was on the lineup and and uh they're big hip-hop fans and she she was saying kim was saying how uh wu-tang was there was one of the acts and she's like we we want to just figure out the wu-tang model because basically there were two different wu-tangs playing in two different markets at the exact same time so wow. yeah, you had you, basically weird. you had like, and that's what they do. Like you'll have meth, and you know meth playing in one place, and then you'll have Ghostface and Raekwon playing in another place, and then probably RZA could play in a third place, and they could all be called <laughs> Wu Tang and use the logo in a certain way. And uh, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. But only the RZA is getting paid from the Wu Tang. Well, logo. you you don't know who's going <laughs> to show up. Like you you get no, tickets to a Wu- yeah you, you and you get tickets like to the beach on the rights or something. I think yeah, RZA and his brother actually are. The, his are the owners of the Wu Tang. Really? Yeah. The other guys were Je- kind of allowed to go out and pursue their own solo. Oh, that's interesting. Careers. I've got a good story. When I was at his, at the Wu Tang office in Staten Island, uh, but mm. I'll tell that story. You were at the Wu Tang office. I was. I right. was. With, and, I'm not only impressed by that, but the fact they have an office. They have an office. It was nothing <laughs> like what I expected. I don't know what I expected. It was an interesting. It was. They have it. So they have Wu Tang Radio. And I was there to talk to them about Wu Tang, Wu World Radio. If you want to check it out, it's available online. Wu World Radio. They launched it, and huh. uh, I was there to talk to them about it. And yeah, it's it's an it, they have an office. They have a nice little uh, office for the Wu Tang Wu Tang outfit. And yeah, it's a nice little thing. And then Not I surprised. went and then they 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 hooked me up. But I went and I saw Raekwon and Ghostface play at um, Rock the Bells. And that was cool, but it's it's weird because you don't know which Wu Tang. What I'm getting at is you have no idea which dudes are going to show up uh, when yeah. you go to a Wu Tang show. So there's a um, a pretty lengthy article on Grantland that came out a couple weeks ago. What? No shit. About, no, about wait a minute. About the Wu Tang Clan. Hold yeah. on. Oh, really? I'm sorry. No shit. It was there was a lengthy <laughs> article on Grantland. You're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steve, okay, you should know Scott's a Grantland hater a little bit. He like, doesn't like Grantland. I, yeah. Don't like Grant. I, okay. Well, there was there was a pretty well researched article about the Wu Tang Clan, and I guess they went and followed each of the members over the past couple years, and they just talk about all those interactions and how that kind of sh- the ship has sailed. Yeah. Um, yeah. The theme around it is is you know coming together for the 20th anniversary of Enter the Wu Tang, and how it's probably not going to happen. Oh right. really? Well, you know that's cool. I'm not, I gotta check that out. 
Yeah. Uh, some of the, but that being said, let's give credit. Some of the stuff that Ghostface has come out with in recent years is, is good. Yeah, yeah really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so, he's he's yeah. kind of been the most consistent member. Yeah, yeah. And Jizza has put out some. He's put out some great stuff too. Not maybe not as recently. Yeah, but, not. I but that's the interesting yeah. thing about the group is like as Steve had mentioned before the show, they're they're a super group really when you get down to it. And those guys have put out some great stuff just individually. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, so, I mean you really do need to treat them as like a, as a super group. You do. It's, it's, you yeah. do. I don't. I don't think you the treat 90s. them. No. Well, the then Wu number one in the nineties for me. Wait, in oh, that, okay. in, but in, in that instance, then you treat the Fujis as a super group too, right? That's well, yeah. They, they were somewhat. Yeah. They, they, got, they were a super group. All right. What? <laughs> what Steve? Uh, what? Nothing. I was gonna diss. I was gonna diss the Fujis. No, you can the diss Fugees. the Fujis. Well, yeah, but again, on a separate. If this was a separate topic, the score is a great album. The score is a great album. Yeah, the score is Lauren a great Hill's album. is a great yeah. album, but yeah. you might look at those as maybe the only two classics that they have between them. No, that, I, right. well, I they agree. didn't have staying power because they all went their separate ways, kind of. I agree. Granted, yeah. Carnival was was a huge, massive. Oh, sorry. Hit, what, what, but Carnival was what? That Black was like ninety eight or something. Yeah, it was yeah. later. Yeah. 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 Hey, all right. Well, yeah. Steve, let's do. Uh, let's get your. Yeah. Let's get your. Yeah. Leads into Steve's. Yeah, Steve's. Yeah, list. So, 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 you see how it works. I go first. They brutalize me. Yes. I and take all the, get, the abuse. Yeah. I can see. I'm. I'm starting to see these things. I need to go take a hit of chloroseptic in a minute. So let's get through my list. Yeah. So first of all, I don't know if you guys know about the Bible of of uh, hip hop lists. Oh, oh. I did not know is, about that. This is, is that... Ego Trip's big book of rap lists. Nice. So is that I a Yo MTV say... Raps joint? It looks like. No, this is not. This is <laughs> oh, Ego not. Trip. Ego Trip is a um, is a was a publication in the '90s. They put out, I believe, twelve magazines. Uh, had a very cult following, and then you know. As as hip hop periodicals fell, they did too. But they yeah. they've since come back and have a lot of online material. Um, That's cool. Is the source anyways, still this around? Book is, this book is yeah. essential for any hip hop head. This is this is essential reading right here. All right, the so, book of rap lists. Yeah. The book of rap lists. So this, you know, a lot of this stuff I already knew, but I needed to kind of have a refresher course. So, starting off with number one, I'll start with the Wu Tang Clan. Um, and wow. I also brought this book, The Tao of the Rizza. Wow. You guys are nice. familiar with this book. I don't know that one. Okay, well, this goes... has a library. Yeah, yeah this, goes, <laughs> this, is, this goes behind, you know, all the behind the scenes of the plan that Rizza had for the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. So, 93, you had Enter the Wu-Tang, the 36 Chambers, right? Followed shortly by Method Man to Cal in 94. Then you had Raekwon, only built for Cuban Links in 95. The old Dirty Bastard album in 95, um, The Genius, uh, Liquid Swords in 95, then you had then you had Ghostface Killer, Iron Man in 96, and Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Forever in 97. So it's I a huge a, output. In yeah, a short but it's period. not, it's not all, Wu, it's not all, it's, it's not, not all Wu-Tang. Would you Wu-Tang consider that all so, together? But let's, yeah, I'm considering Steve this is. all That's Wu-Tang fine. because these yeah. are all members of the group. If you go on these albums, they, they have tons of features on right. it. You know? Yeah. You're going to have all the Wu-Tang members pretty much on every single one of these albums. They're, most of them are produced by um, True Mathematics or, or the RZA. So, Anyways, it's, it's the messy nature of how rap works, right? That's, you know, yeah. The producer, yeah, the rap, right. yeah, the artist. You don't get clean lines artists. between everything. You're not exactly. going to have clean lines there. All right, number two, Ice Cube. All right. Now, the way I came up with my list was classic albums in the 90s, okay? So Ice Cube had America's Most Wanted 
1990, death certificate in 1991. He had uh, the predator in 95 or 96, and then the oh. lethal injection in 97. Oh, was so. the predator? Ni- I didn't know the predator was that late. Was that the one? Wait, I thought it was. It was a good day. I thought it was off the predator. Oh, was maybe that... I'm messing up. Oh, wow. No, right. Yeah, no, I, I bought was... that one. That was nice. So it was like 92, right? Er- errors and omissions. Yeah, the no, Predator. That's right. I just, I was going back listening to stuff, and I remember. I, I, I associate that. Like, it was funny because it was right around the time, like, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam, they were blowing up in that album. I remember that album came out. Yeah, I guess that was well, of eight course, or and that was, it was, it and, was and Cube was on. Yeah, was Cube, Cube was on Lollapalooza uh, in that. That's right. Off that album. Yeah. We were talking about that. 92. Yeah. Yeah. And out there somewhere, somebody figured out the exact day that was a good day. I don't know if you guys have seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen like that. Guy, That's awesome. Guy went back and analyzed the lyrics and figured out the exact day that. that he talks about the Lakers. Who do they beat? I forgot. The, the Supersonics. Lakers beat the yeah. Supersonics. Supersonics. Come on, man. I was texting Scott God. about that. It's like the Lakers oh. beat the Supersonics. Dad, Lakers beat the Supersonics, man. But that would make it an easier Fuck. day to identify. That's all I'm saying. Fucked around, got a triple double. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> like they figured out when the blimp was was around Los Angeles. That's, that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that it's like the scientific method applied to, to it's ice beautiful. Cubes. And they found Neil, out. I think it was Neil awesome. deGrasse, Neil when deGrasse he, Tyson. Yeah. Tyson. <laughs> he figured it out. That's great. How did they know? You and use the, that to promote Cosmos. The, the, yeah. the NSA obviously knew when Ice Cube got a call from the girl he wanted to dig out. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving forward. Gangstar. <laughs> Gangstar. Nice, Gangstar. Gangstar. DJ, DJ Premier and the Guru, rest in peace. Um, again, I've got four classic albums in the 90s. Uh, Daily Operation in 92, uh, Step in the Arena in 1994, Hard to Earn in 96, and Moment of Truth in 98. So spaced out every two years, four classic albums. So that was a shoe in for me. Now that's a good call. Gangstar is one of those that I hadn't, uh, I really didn't listen to much back then. And I was just in my research last week. Was like listening to them, and they they got up. They didn't. They're not on my list, but they they weren't even in the mix. Like it's okay to be a re- revisionist this. music. No, that's what fan. I'm saying. This is yeah. for them. That was a kind of a late discovery for me. And I was like, man, these guys are awesome. And I was talking, as Scott knows and Harrison knows, I kind of do an informal survey every week <laughs> of of some of the, the listeners and fans. You know, like to see what their just take your, is. your two brothers and Vicky. Is that <laughs> yeah, pretty yes, much. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. It's just my family and Vicky. But, uh, and Vicky just yeah. asked for more Timberlake. Actually, Vicky did not weigh in this week at yeah. all. So, so what does um, that mean? Hip hop was not. Yeah. So, well, I was. They were giving me a hard time last week because on the pop up, the pop episode, that's really her wheelhouse. So I did talk to her about that one. But anyway, um, it was interesting because I was talking to a couple people. Andy and Michael are both listeners, not related. Well, actually, Michael is the cousin. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> but I was talking to them, and uh, more distant relation than brother. But. But anyways, um, I was talking to them about it, and they were like, Gangstar, okay, that's a, that's a solid choice. And those guys, I know, again, I, I'll defer, just like, just like I defer to Steve and Matters of Hip Hop, these guys, I know, like, were more into it back in the 90s at the time, but they were like, yeah, Gangstar's great. So anyway, I'm just yeah, and I'm you kind of just sec- seconding that as a, as a good choice, even though it's as, not um, You know, as, as Harrison was talking about I... Dr. Dre and all of his offshoots of production, you could look at uh, DJ Premier and Gangstar because he also produced two classic albums for J. Rue the Damager. He had a classic album for KRS-One. He had a classic album for uh, the Group Home. So, you know, a lot of time, you know, you could do classic 90s producers. Yeah, it's another list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, in the, in, uh, 
you know, let's let's uh, move forward here. I was gonna say a Tribe Called Quest, but since that is out, I'm gonna go with De La Soul. All right, all right, yeah. First De La mentioned. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's funny because De La, I feel like De La and Tribe are always lumped together, and I, I, in my mind, I guess I do a little bit, but obviously they, they I, have I, some similar yeah. qualities. But yeah. they're both. I think the, both the, great what's, 90s. What's been incredible, artists. you know, a lot of we do these lists and we look back on a lot of artists, obviously, and I think the staying power of De La is amazing. It's, I mean, it it's, amazing. it's it's absolutely incredible. So uh, that's probably worth something. Go ahead. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned Dela yeah. since they're they're not on my list, but like they're among many honorable mentions. How many they shot them? So they, I mean, they're not available online, you know, for the most part. Yeah, they that that's a good point. Yeah. It's, so it's a little bit harder to. Yeah, it was harder for me to do the research. I had to I had to uh, find it. <laughs> yeah. What's the story? Like, why? Why? Do you know why they? I can't remember the story, but you, the you know, I, I don't remember the story. But they did a couple weeks ago. What they did is they put, they put all their stuff up for free. Yeah, but just on, for one day, right? For one day, yeah. Yeah. So I, I they don't. They crashed. They crashed some server, like media. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. So I don't know if it's if it's that they don't own the stuff or what the story is. I can't remember. The story I think is. it's a Tommy Boy Records thing. Okay. Uh, ah. Yeah. Um. But somehow House of Pain is still available. <laughs> That's true. somehow. They're, that, they're that Tommy Boy, right? That argument is null and void. They are hey, Tommy Boy. The world, the world needs Everlast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, that my pop rap discussion will wait. No, there's certain people that come up on every show, and Everlast is one of those people for some reason. He just he's ended... got his hand in a number of different buckets. <laughs> yeah. You know? he, does. Yep. he does. He's reinvented himself. He's just constantly changing. He's yeah. A, yeah. That's right. Scholar. And he has, and he has his own podcast, I believe, too. He's a fellow podcaster. <laughs> right, Scott? Scott. I think I think he started a podcast where he um. No, I don't know if he started a podcast. He's been on Joe, Ro he's been on Joe Rogan several times. Okay, yeah. that's I mean, right. He starts his own home improvement show. And I saw and him. And he'll um, yeah, he'll be in the wheelhouse. And Maybe he's... it was he was on the Funnel of Criminals guy, his podcast. I think Scott. Said yeah, yeah. He, no, ah. Huey Morgan has a great show. Huey that's Morgan right. has a show on BBC Six in the UK, <laughs> and Everlast was a guest on the show, and it was a great interview. But so I, this is your chance to I, play Scooby Snacks if you're looking. For no, no, I'm not looking say. for Scooby Snacks. <laughs> what okay. I want to play is Everlast released a an album just last year called The Life Acoustic, in which he redid all his songs, including Black Jesus, in an Is acoustic, Steve, which Steve I, think, I think Black Jesus was already acoustic, but it included this cut on the album, and it gets bad when you release something like this. I'm scared. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Didn't he do a, a remake of, of Jump? Actually, like I like it. There we go. There we go. There we go. like the version you can play for your This is the Quaalude mix? Yeah. You know what? That wasn't fair when I said this is so bad. Because I'll give you, I'll tell you my reaction to this. Here's, and let's listen to another, let's listen to another verse. Here we go. It's like I said, we jump around. You should have had Tom Waits on the chorus, dude. He fucked up. <laughs> I was going to say that there's definitely a Tom Waits on it. And Tom Waits and G-Lo could, could get together on this. Yeah, you're right. There's definitely a G-Lo Word to your mom. I came to drop bomb. Got more rhyme than the Bible got some. Just like the prodigal son, I've returned. Alright, I think that's it. Yeah, okay. think we got enough. Alright, you got enough of that. Well, uh, so, so hey, I so heard what do you that. Think about that? Oh, it's so white. It's great. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I liked it. I first heard it on that interview with Huey Morgan, and I was like, this is cool. It was cool. I thought it was just a live in-studio thing. 
Then when I saw that he released it on an album called The Life Acoustic, that's where I was like, yeah, this is, you know, when you start covering, as we've discussed, bands like Blues Traveler and <laughs> Poison, I think, have come out with albums where they're covering themselves. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a bad road to go it's down. It's a sign of a, slope, a real yeah. narcissist right there. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Or desperation. I mean, it was one of the greatest one of the greatest pop songs of that era, certainly. But I don't know if it had to be. You know, I mean, it's it's also it's a strategy because you can you you get to recoup money if you're not yes, making your. Yes, you're right. He just made point zero one cent on the play that I hit on that <laughs> song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of. In fact, fair use, fair use. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, who are. Listening to this album by Ever the Life Acoustic, I I, I want to hear more. No, let's anyway, go. We should Keep go going. back to Steve's. Yeah, yeah Steve, he was go on I got one. I got one more, and then I have five alternates. Was, question was Balloon Mind State was that nineties or was yeah, that, that was 89? Okay, okay, that was ninety three. Because their first album was like eighty nine. I want to say eighty nine. Correct. Okay. And then De La Soul is dead was ninety two, and okay. then they had Stakes is High in ninety six. Okay. So another. Nice. I'd say three. I think three classic albums was the lowest I was going on this thing here. Yeah. All right, last one is another combination, but it's it's KRS One and Boogie Down Productions. Mm. Nice, right. yeah, wow. KRS One. It's great. Edutainment place. in uh in 1990, uh, Sex and Violence in '92, Return of the Boom Bap uh, in '94, KRS One self-titled in '97, and then um, I got Next in '98. So, KRS One, in my opinion, put out five classic albums in the '90s. So. Yeah, that's that's right. impressive. And then I, I mean, just like to ra- I just like to rattle off a few names so people don't you know so Bill doesn't have any complaints here. Are these honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. Okay. And it's it's funny mentioning Nas as an honorable mention. Yeah. But, uh, I was wondering uh, if Nas would be in second yeah, second Nas week is, in a row. Second week in a row, he's an honorable mention. He didn't make the yeah. night the album or no uh wait well, no, no I mean the second week I'm sorry two out of three weeks because the '94 albums he didn't make he just missed the Ilmatic cut. Wasn't yeah, in best, there yeah. 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 I, I mean. It, I think Illmatic, to me, is the greatest hip-hop album of all time, and I think it is for a lot of people. Wow. So, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, and he had in, it was written in 96. And then I would look at uh, the Hieroglyphics guys. Um, yeah. 90, uh, Souls yeah. of Mischief. Yeah. Uh, 93 Till Infinity. Casual Fear Itself in 94. And Del the Funky Homo Sapien, No Need for Alarm in 1993. Uh. Those, are, those were definitely classic albums for me. And then the last... Uh, kind of combined one would be the Beat Nuts in Common, both signed to Relativity Records in the 90s. Um, Common, I think, had had two or th- he think he had three albums in the 90s, and the Beat Nuts had uh, two albums and an EP in the 90s that were all classics. So nice, that's awesome. So I'll very talk strong. To you Thanks all for right. having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, man. It's been I'm, great. Of course. Yeah, good insight. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and now you get to hear that acoustic version of Jump Around, so you're a better person for it. That, that's uh, right. Yeah, Ty, Ty go hey, ahead. Cro- shout out. Yeah. Hey, Chrome Bills, I'm looking for – I need at least four new subscribers by next week. So. There you go. Okay. You All right. came to the right place yeah. for mass exposure. Otherwise – Four, four new subscribers and Vicky. <laughs> yeah, yes, Chrome. And Vicky. Listen Vicky to Chrome Vicky. Bills at Steve's Hip Hop Podcast. Listen to and that. And I will have you know that I did produce the theme song for Chrome Bills. Oh, I'm nice. not the rapper, but I did produce the theme song. Nice. So if you need awesome. a, a podcast uh, theme song <laughs> with a hip hop vibe, dude, come, that's give a, me that's, a shout out. I'm very cheap. That's a business right there. I think yeah. you should start creating I've jingles. Done, I've actually done production for two yeah. Uh, podcasts. Yeah, I think the you, other one is really? the Maria Alexander and, Show. It, Okay. In all seriousness, let's yeah. talk. You should. You should. What you should do is you should create 
a site where people can just obviously tell you what they want and then you send it out. There's so there is. A, uh, we'll get into. We, we can do. We can talk about it off air. But anyway, yeah. good business Chrome idea. Chrome Bills Productions. All right, Chrome Bills Productions. Chrome Bills. Check that out. Yes. Todd, let's get to your list, man. What do you got? All right. All right, my list. There's some overlap here, so I'll try not to dwell too much. But um, number five, I think it's the first mention of him today. But uh, Tupac, I had at number five. Um, mm. Interesting because it's funny. I've argued this with Michael, my cousin, who I mentioned before, um, because for years I've said to, like Tupac. I guess I I don't think I respected him enough, and he thought I didn't. But um, but anyway, Tupac going didn't think you respected him enough. No, not Tupac, <laughs> but my cousin. Uh. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I think you need to... You know, anyway, so I gave Tupac... I was listening to it a lot um, this last week and realized, okay, I upgraded my opinion of him and it actually cracked the top five when I dropped Public Enemy for technical reasons, as stated earlier. Um, so anyways, Tupac, it's interesting because I think it's hard to... Um, it's, it's it's hard to think of Tupac, or I think we always lump Tupac and Biggie together, just like I lump Dela and Tribe together. Yeah. Um, but and, and it's interesting because it's also more... I don't know if it's as much like the, the, the musical similarity as just the um, the back and forth that, that they seem to have, and obviously just the cr- chronological. You know, they were obviously two of the biggest rappers at the same time in the early to mid '90s. So, anyways, Tupac and my 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 final verdict on Tupac and was just that as as far as him relative to Biggie, because Biggie's number four. I might as well but Biggie's four on the list. Tupac's five, but I, I think Biggie was a much better rapper in my opinion um, than Tupac. But that's obviously that can be disputed. I think he was a much better rapper, but I think Tupac uh, had better, in a lot of ways, like better song, I don't know, songwriting, I want to say, mm. or song structure. Um, and as far as production, I'm not sure whether I would say, I don't know if I like Tupac's production that much. I think Biggie may have had better production. Um, oh, but so it's just interesting the dichotomy there, I think. And well, I was going to say that dichotomy also just within Tupac, because he always had this conflict, it seemed like, between the whole thug life image. And then him being this like compassionate rapper, which I don't think I think he took that to a different level as far as pop culture, um, because rap was seen as like at the time as this gangster thing. And then he was t- making songs um, like "Keep Your Head Up" and you know talking about his mom. And so there was almost this feminist aspect to to Tupac, which I think doesn't get mentioned as much since he I don't know posthumously. Anyway, um, I, some of those songs they stick with you I think and that's what I found in in going back and listening to a lot of this stuff was like yeah this stuff is great. It's great stuff that's you know almost 20 years old a lot of it and uh, you know he did he had more output than Biggie too but that was probably just cuz you know obviously when when they both died but anyway so Tupac number 5 Biggie number 4 um, I think Biggie I could make the case I probably would make the case he's probably the best on my list here the best just pure rapper um, of any of them but unfortunately you know like I said he, there wasn't a lot of output he had ready to die um, you know and there was life after death and then there's been some other albums that have been released but you just wish with Biggie you know it's sad much like Nirvana that you know his life was cut short because I, it would it would have been great to hear what Biggie would have put out you know in the last 15 plus years 18 years anyways um, but Biggie had that flow that I don't know I think you know that connected with a lot of people. Um, so number three, I, everybody goes, likes the big fat guy. You know, that's right. I mean, Biggie didn't, had that sense of humor. Didn't work for me in seventh that, grade, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, Biggie, Biggie had the flow, but he had the sense of humor. It was great. Obviously, I don't know. I, I I think a lot of people can you know can connect with that, but it just it did appeal obviously to a pretty wide audience. But and then I think Life After Death. We talked about this I think a little bit on the show, but Life After Death. I don't know if like a lot of fans some of the early fans how they felt about it because he obviously went more pop with with uh, 
Puff Daddy's production on songs like Hypnotize uh, and More Money, More Problems, because those clearly had a very different feel than, you know, the, the first record. So, I, yeah, I, I think, think that's still still regarded as a as a classic album by a lot oh, of hip hop. Oh, dude, even though amazing. even though it was more poppy, I think it's still, yeah. And it's, I think it's a lot of people say they like that album better than the first one. But, better than Ready to Die. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting because a lot of artists, when we talk about Jay Z, which I think Scott might get into a little bit, yeah. you have that that also that uh, that split between like the early period and then there is a you know, production some of these guys for sure with Jay Z. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so and then moving on, the next one, this guy definitely got poppier, I guess, or changed his production a little bit later on, but. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, in the, that, that's in my pop rap discussion. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, I was going to say, Harrison mentioned Dre. I kind of went Snoop and Dre. He was saying Dre kind of with Snoop. But I, I said Snoop with Dre. It's hard, you know, early on, obviously, with when The Chronic came out, um, definitely, you know, those guys were kind of together. And then I think Dre produced Doggy Dog World. So I just remember th- those albums. Or Doggy, Doggy Style. Style. I'm sorry. I think it's single. Um, no, Doggy Style. And I think that was 94 we were talking about it, right? 94, yes. Yeah. Um, it was Doggy Style? Doggy Style. When released, the fastest-selling album of all time, it supplanted uh, Pearl Jam's Versus as the fastest fastest album to a million copies. And did I like it. that tidbit right there. Nice. Yeah. I like that. And those, um, those, days, anyway, so... those days of the music industry are long gone. Long <laughs> gone. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But I, but anyway, those those albums, I mean, you go back and listen to the 90s output, I think, from Snoop. And I think later on, his stuff you know, definitely deteriorated. But uh, I don't know. Again, yeah, it brought it kind of to a wider audience. considered a Snoop a Snoop, you know, debut album. Snoop, yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I do it. So anyway, that album, it's hard for me. It was hard for me not to have that in the mix, I guess, and represent, representation from Dre and Snoop. And then number two, this was, uh, they've not been mentioned, well, we mentioned them in the Coachella discussion, too. I had Outkast. Um, you know, I think, for me, that kind of, def- you can argue Ghetto Boys, we haven't talked about them. You yes. can argue them. As far as the Southern rap genre, you can't talk about it without Ghetto Boys, but also I think you can't talk about it without Outkast. Um and I kind of put, you know, brought Southern rap to another level. But, I mean, I love, I went back and listened to those first, I think the first, well, you could argue, I think the first three albums, I love those. Those were all released in the 90s, and we're talking about uh, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music, uh, which was 94. Aliens. Um, right, Aliens yeah. and then Equimini. Um And then Stankonia actually came out in 2000, so you can consider that or not, but that, you know, that also, and that one, it's interesting, because that album, so much different. You listen. That's what I love about Outkast is I feel like they were able to reinvent themselves with each album, which you don't see necessarily with a lot of artists. Um, but I think they did it about as successfully as anyone. Um, so I think that that it's a testament, or part of the reason why here we are, 20 years later, they're celebrating their 20th anniversary, and obviously there's still a huge demand. I mean, it took the last eight years off um, since the Idlewild movie and album, but. You know, people still there's people still connect with them. And so anyway, that was number two for me, um, and then number one I did have Tribe. Um, yeah, they were. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as we've discussed, but yeah. they, they, Tribe was really that was one of the first. I think Low End Theory, as Harrison mentioned, was probably one of the first rap albums that I bought, and it's just a, it's a classic. But you can I think that you can argue they have at least three classic albums um, if we're using mm-hmm. the, that. Methodology. Um, People's but, Instinctive actually came out in ninety. So ninety. Yeah. First, okay. The first mid, one. Yep. Right. Low in theory, Midnight Marauders. Um, 
and then was the one that came out in the late '90s wasn't. I'm not going to argue that was like, that wasn't a like yeah, that wasn't a classic. I don't think, but it had some good stuff on it. Yeah, right. See if you can feel. Um, I mean, also under the tribe umbrella, you have people like Buster Rhymes. Who else? Who else would be in whoa, that? Whoa, whoa, that's a separate act. That's the, I. I don't know. It is. I, it, I wasn't including <laughs> that, but yeah, no, no. Buster, but he's, he's, he's. I mean, he's, you he's, talk about these like producers. It's called the native tongues. Yeah, you're drinking the Steve Kool Aid now. Native tongues, De La Soul, Jungle Brothers. Right. Um. Yeah. And they were all under Violator management. So Buster Rhymes was under Violator management. So, yeah. so the, no, the Violator I, album came out. That was probably late. The Violator album, yeah. right? Beat yeah. Nuts were in, yeah. were under Violator. So, it's a wide umbrella, but Harrison yeah. is technically he's correct. Yeah, but no, but I think no. Anyway, no, Buster's is definitely worth a mention. But uh, but anyways, that that was number one for me, and I think I think uh, Tribe was pretty was very influential on other artists that came later that that were. You know, that went against, it's funny because you had the whole gangster thing that was happening in the early 90s, and this yeah. was very different vibe, and you had artists like Common that Steve mentioned, and you had Talib Kweli, and, uh, you know, most deaf, other ones that, you know, I think were influenced by tribal actually. The so, 90s were great because there was a variety in yeah. popular in popular rap music. You had choices, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's true. And samples. More importantly, you had sampling. Hey, very true. Very had. true. That's that, what you had in the 90s. Yeah, you don't exactly. have you, weren't gonna, you were paying for them, but you weren't. You were still using them. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas now you're just getting a lot of a lot of keyboard beats, a lot of synth beats. So. Yeah, it is interesting yeah. to talk about how the legal aspect does tie into yeah. what was going on with yeah. the music. Yeah. Totally. I, was, I was reading up on Bismarck Key, yeah. and he was one of the first that had like a big, you know, that he was sued over, uh, you know, what over the, his what use. What the hell was that dude's name? Um, and now I'm forgetting, yep. you know, what this the sample was. But he was sued, and and that was a big deal for him. And then I was reading about Rob Bates. He was also sued. Um, and so it really changed how people were able to sample in yeah, the 90s. They, so. they La Soul, they La Soul didn't make any, I mean, their first album contained like, I don't know, hundreds of samples. And, you yeah. know, I think, I don't think they ever recouped the money for, for their first album. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's my list, but there's obviously some overlap with you guys. That's a good list. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, we got a well, well, lot of a lot of overlap. Okay, uh, some overlap. If you guys want to, you could you could throw this up on the site. It's Biz Marquee All Samples Cleared album right here, and this is <laughs> this <laughs> is Biz in court, right here. It is nice. Uh, that's great. So that leaves uh, <laughs> that leaves my list. That leaves that that's leaves. That's right. Yeah. All right. So we'll go. We'll, we'll, yeah. Okay. We're almost done. I, I want to say first of all that I had. Well, this is like a supersized episode, but that's fine. Because That's right. Steve from Chrome Bills is how here. Long are the, how long are episodes usually it's a special, run? Uh, well, but this, they get longer and longer. Yeah, they get week. longer and longer. But I knew that this topic would take a long time because this is a this is a very this is a it's, it's a, near and dear to your heart. Well, it's near and dear to my heart, but I also feel like a lot of people feel very passionate about it. I feel like it's among our topics. It's something that is probably discussed with more regularity than three thirty-something yeah. uh, males talking about their favorite pop songs the last fourteen years, or <laughs> yeah. even some more yeah. obscure stuff that we've done. Or top so, baseball songs. Yeah. So I think this is a more regular topic. I think that. Uh, so I felt passionate about it. I felt like it was a little bit wide-ranging, and I I I wanted to lobby for something like best MC or best album. So I wanted to to say that this was a tough one to do because I think when it comes down to the best hip-hop artists in the 90s, I think there are three that stand out, and then I think there basically only leaves you with two slots. This is just my belief. I think that – anyway, I'll get into that. But best albums, by the way, the score we talked about. I also think, for example, The Roots, Do You Want More, is is, obvi- is one of the best hip-hop yeah, albums of the 90s. And The Roots aren't going to make the list as an act. And then as far as best MCs, some of the guys we haven't talked about – 
Harrison, you mentioned Busta, but I, I think he was great, obviously. I think Be Real and Scarface are two guys um, who are who are good MCs. And I also think that my on my five, Tribe doesn't make my list, but Q-Tip would be uh, probably my number one MC of the 90s. So anyway, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a different. I like Q-Tip's you know? solo stuff, too. And, I, you know, it didn't get. Right. It's big an audience, but I liked that last solo album. I can't remember the name right now. But I thought uh, was really cool. shit. Oh, what was that album called? I don't know. I've got it over here. Uh, but you're like a Steve's like a media. Steve's Steve? a media library. Yeah, Steve's got everything. He is. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's used to being a producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah. he's got all this. Stuff. This is uh, these are rap tapes right oh here. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I That's love great. It. He's showing us all his cassettes. You, 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 the magic of radio, and you can all take this in at home. <laughs> the magic. Yeah. Right. He has a lot of out. He has a lot of a tapes. lot of cassettes. And cassettes. Yeah, that's, like not a, my, that's not my record collection. I was gonna say his record Around collection is staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So my my list. So as I was saying, I think there are three that belong on the list, which only left me with two slots. So I I put Jay Z, Biggie, and Tupac as my one, two, and three. I think. Uh, and I, you guys know how I always handle a list. It's always I I I, first, I have voices that go through my head, so I think of these things all the time. So I've already premeditated this list probably at some point <laughs> in my life. So I Jay Z, Biggie, and Tupac are one, two, and three for me. Uh, and now I'll go back down to five is Public Enemy and four is the Beastie Boys. We've talked about every one of these artists for uh, you know for most of the show, so probably not much discussion before we make the final list. But Jay Z being number one, I, I think as I was saying earlier, Hard Knock Life is really polarizing. It's straight up pop song, the song I mean, and the, and, the yeah, song, the track. No, you don't think no. so. You don't think so. I think that's you don't think it is. I think, no, I think that's a street song. You think so? Really? Oh, well, this is why I I I think it's a great song. Yeah, but I oh, think... it's brilliant. You I guys think... should look at there's a there's a mini documentary on it on YouTube okay. about the song about sure. the song and okay. it's it's uh it highlights the producer Mark the Forty Five King okay uh, who produced that track and he's in he, and they just go go on about how that song kind of brought really brought Jay Z to the forefront but it was a street song. Cool. A hard knock life. Well, the, I, I, yeah, I got to look that up because I always thought. 45 it, King, yeah, Forty Five King also produced Stan. You know, Eminem. Stan. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Same yeah. dude. Yeah. Well, I want and so. I wanted to talk a little bit about Eminem. We haven't talked about Eminem at all. Also, I wanted to kind of. Thousands King, right there. Thousands yeah, King. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why he didn't. Well, I also think that. this list, you know, it was hard. We, were, we we did '90s, but I really think like, and we were talking about how it's the golden era of hip hop, and I think the golden era of hip hop is really like '87 to '97. Basically, once you get beyond the beginnings of rap, which is Sugar Hill Gang, Grandmaster Flash, and all that stuff, and then you start to get into the Public Enemy and NWA stuff, and then obviously you're getting into Jay Z, Biggie, and Tupac, and then I think it it takes a big turn. And you guys were hinting at it for the legal reasons. I think it takes for me personally, like Fifty Cent does nothing for me, and. I I think to me that's where it oh. kind of is that wrong? Yeah. No, Steve, is that does that strike a nerve? Are you, do you like fifty cents? Do you like fifty cents? Uh yeah, I do like yeah. some some fifty cents. I just, I'm not gonna say I like a, all fifty cents. No, but, but it's I a, would say it's a, when yeah. when he first came out, like the mixtapes yeah. that he was putting out was definitely raw energy and on par with, with some of the great gangster rap, you know, that's ever been put out. So what about his pop stuff though that he put out? Yeah, don't I mean, love the pop stuff. Right. I mean you can't really deny that in the club is is a really is a well-written song. No, that's oh, a good that's a good song. I, just, I don't that's like that song. song. Just, that's a good song. That's but, a song. That's a whole great about music. Not, <laughs> you could give one year if that, that was the song of the year. I don't know. I forget what year it was. that was. Two thousand one. That was definitely yeah. like this. Definitely the song of the year. You know. Yeah. Well, Scott talked about how that we didn't talk about that as a pop song last week. That was interesting. You mentioned right. Fifty Cent not that's, being mentioned. That's right. And so, it was, well, Scott, going yeah. going back to your eighty-seven to ninety-seven theory, that would drop. I think that drops Jay Z off the list, right? 
I mean, if you go by that. Well, it's the only reason, like I said, I didn't put Jay Z on because because it I came later. It, he's more of a 2000s. Him and Eminem. I would say. Yeah. Uh, that's why I left him off as well. I would say that he. He would definitely be Eminem and Jay Z would be one and two for for right. the two thousands. And then Kanye, yeah, Kanye is pretty Kanye. big too. Yeah, as those three are all huge two thousands. I, yeah. I Michael of Sean Carter technically came out in ninety nine, but it was like three days before the end of the year. Okay. So I don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I include it. I include I include that album by the way in my nineties uh my nineties analysis. But I do agree with you that if it was eighty seven and ninety seven. Jay-Z wouldn't be on the list, but we did best hip-hop acts of the 90s. So I think Jay-Z mm-hmm. is number one, and those two albums propel him to number one. Of course, we're talking about volume two and volume three. And, I, I mean, he, you know, that, that's my take. I, I think that he, he was number one, and I think Biggie and Tupac clearly at two and three. Nobody else had Beastie Boys on the list, and I was, uh, I was surprised. I, I, yeah. that, was, that was a tough one for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah they, so, were, they, they fell out of my fifth spot, too. Yeah. I think they were an honorable mention for all of us, probably. So, I mean, it's, yeah. they, 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 they're all put. think of them as, like, the most – you know, hip hop. That's, the, that's lyrical, the issue. Like right. You know, there's a little right. bit of blend between rock and roll. Yeah, they're more. You know, like, with check your head was kind of like half a experimental rock album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're better. I think better categorized these days as, as a post punk band. Um, I think. So, uh, yeah. That that might be a little uh, too far. I don't know. Post punk, okay. but. Yeah, and then. No, I, I don't know. So. I don't know if I. I don't know if I would describe them as that. If someone was like, I've never heard the Beastie Boys, how would you describe them? He, yeah, I, I, it's hard. I mean, I, I, they, I, to me, they have enough hip hop cred to be on my list. But again, no, so, you know, it's, it's all, Definitely. it's all personal Definitely. taste. I, that, I thought about putting them on there. I mean, they came, Paul's Boutique. If it had come out in the '90s, that probably would have swayed me. But I right. think it was '89. Me too. Me too. You could say that that really the Beastie Boys brought hip hop to Bethesda, Maryland. You know, yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> really, they're That's really true. the group that brought hip hop to mainstream America. Steve, I remember how big you were into Brass Monkey in third. Oh 30. hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think does. I like it. We're I, going back to Kensington. I, yeah, I mean, I had the forty. That was the first forty-five I ever owned. Was a Beastie Boys forty-five. I had, I had Brass Monkey, and then I also had Paul Revere and um, Fight for Your Right to Party. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Run DMC and Beastie Boys. Well, actually, Beastie Boys were would I would go on tour, and then they'd bring with them. They'd bring uh, either Public Enemy or Run DMC. You know. I was yeah. gonna say it's hard not to talk about the Def Jam well, days, then, Scott. When you, you know, talked about the eras, were getting into... I was yeah, go ahead. just LL Cool J. Sorry, I was yeah. just LL Cool J and um, and Run DMC and the Beasties. I think they all toured together at different times. Yeah, Definitely. but the, but the Rick Rubin connection is that's huge, and I think that's interesting. I never thought about the fact that Rick Rubin was so instrumental in that early New York Def Jam scene, mm-hmm. and then you had him producing like the Black Album much later, and you know doing a lot of, doing other. Did he produce a Johnny? I think he produced a Johnny Cash album and a yeah. album. Multiple. He's still producing it. Johnny Cash albums. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, he, he actually is. takes credit for the Black Crows, but I don't know how much. Yeah. Uh, he originally yeah. wanted to call no. them the Cobb County Crows and spell it all with K's, and then uh, they decided. No, he did not. Seriously? Come on. No, he did. Seriously? What? No, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad Chris Robinson. Yeah, I'm glad Chris Robinson vetoed that. But he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep the bell bottoms, yeah. but we're not calling us the Cobb County Crows with all K's." Speaking of names that were yeah. vetoed, I, I forgot to mention with Outkast. One thing I learned in my research was that they originally wanted to call themselves the Misfits, and then were oh, really? informed that there was a band called the Misfits. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great trivia. That is yeah, funny. They're like, guys, you can't call yourselves the Misfits. So they said they looked in the dictionary and they saw. The synonym was outcast, and they're like, "All right, we'll just put a K on it." That's crazy. Go. That's funny. Yeah, I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah. That's yeah. Them. Well, that, that you know, there yeah. You go. That was part of my research. The other name they wanted to call themselves was Two Shades Deep, but apparently there was another Two Shades Deep as well. 
Well, I didn't go with that one either. But. Yeah, that's not as good. It's interesting so, though that the the mention of Beastie Boys gets us discussing how you know music brings all these these acts really bring different kinds of music genres together. You're talking about obviously the Outkast story with the Misfits and and then yeah. you know uh, Beastie Boys touring and with with different acts and Red Hot Chili Peppers bringing people like Public Enemy on tour and you yeah know, and Ray Rubin so, connection again. Yeah, so so there's a lot of that. So most of my stuff's been mentioned. I think we'll talk about if Jay Z belongs on the final list or not. Not uh, in a minute, but the only one of my honorable mentions that hasn't been discussed in in you know long form is really is Eminem. Uh, obviously, his first album came out in '99, and you know this it really changed a lot. I think it was a really important album, um, and he doesn't belong on the list as the best hip hop act of the '90s. But right. his importance can't be overlooked at the end of the decade. I think totally. You know? No, th- I agree. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are listening to the new Eminem album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marshall Mathers too. It's yeah. fucking incredible to me. Yeah, I love that. I love Rap God. I love that song. Rap God's incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's it's good. It's got some cheesy stuff on it too, but that's kind of what he does. I, you know, Scott, I, don't, I don't think you like the Beastie Boys homage in Berserk. Oh, I kinda, it grew no, on me. It grew on no, me. No, no, that song was. You that didn't song like that. Was Berserk also grew on me. I, I yeah, hated it. Grew it on me. I didn't like it at first. Yeah. And then one I liked when I first heard it was that Survivor. I, I survive, what is it called? Survival or Survivor? Survival. Survival is yeah. pretty, pretty cliche. I liked it at first, and then I was like, wait a minute. You got me. There, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a track on there called Legacy. So okay. I would, I would yeah. kind of – I would – push people towards listening to that is song. Is that the one where he talks about like the evolution of, or he talks about like old hip hop? He talks about, no, he, he's or talking not. about the evolution of uh, him Which, basically uh, becoming okay. an artist and, and pushing himself, but the way that he structures his rhymes is um, uh, he rhymes everything with falling. Hmm. Really? It was like when I was a kid, I used to always think the sky's fallen, and then every single line in the song rhymes with fallen. Really? He does it for three verses, and it's fucking incredible. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's that the too, yeah, as a songwriter. And what's, yeah, what, what's your take on Headlights? Do you, do you like that song? What, that was the one about his mom. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. Cr- I, I think. I think it's. Yeah, I which song isn't about his mom? But, <laughs> no, he's yeah, not. Yeah, all of the songs yeah. about are about his mother yeah. anymore. <laughs> no. But I like what I like. What I, what I was getting at. I mean, Eminem's importance to me really became apparent with Stan, which I think is one of the the best yeah. songs of the last. One of the best. You know, uh, last, most well-written hip-hop songs of all time. Yeah, 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 and that's what he does. He's an amazing writer, and I think Headlight speaks to that too, off the new album. Uh, so, all right, it's time to make our, our final list, I think. It's clear that Biggie's on the list, without a doubt. Uh, he was on basically yeah. everybody's list, so Biggie's on the list. Anybody uh, anybody else who we should include? definitely I include? Think, I think Wu-Tang is essential. Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang's, Wu-Tang's on, too. We can put Wu-Tang on there. Harrison and I both had Tribe on ours. Public en- and, both tribe. and Public Enemies made a couple. So Tribe and... Steve, you had you had try you had tried too, but I you did. Were... I, I, yeah, I, I could definitely put Tribe right. in, yeah. my, in yeah. my top five of right. the 90s so, here. So, and I, that's right. So, and I, I can. I'm behind Wu Tang and Public Enemy. I can't argue with those. If, if we take if we take everything's been mentioned on multiple lists, that leaves us with Biggie, Wu Tang, Tribe, and Public Enemy, which leaves only one spot. And I'm gonna I'd, I'd say it's between. <laughs> I, I'd say, I mean, I'm going to fight for Jay-Z getting that one spot since he was my, my number one. But I think... you got to save him for the 2000s. I think he's out. Yeah, okay. he's too uh, yeah I just I'll, don't think I'll, he qualifies. Uh, uh, are there... Who, Dre. I, Dre's another one. I feel strongly one. about KRS-One. I feel strongly about KRS-One. KRS-One? Really? 
Yeah, I feel I, like I do love his appearance on REM's Out of Time for what that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I appeared on like... radio song. He did hey, a great... you know what, Steve? Both our our the the number ones that we picked may not even make the final list. That's what makes the show great, I guess. I don't know, or maybe we can blame Todd and Harrison on it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, well, let's put all right. So let's decide Tupac KRS for that final slot. The nominees: Tupac KRS One. And uh, I guess Outcast is not gonna get love. I'm okay. That's all right. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, Stakeonica was their was their huge breakthrough. That Stankonia. was. Stankonia. <laughs> Sorry. That's a that's a combination of Hanukkah and Stankonia. <laughs> and you know it's what? That countries. actually is a holiday. That, Some yeah, parts of Georgia. I would not not in Georgia, but yeah, that's a that's a holiday. So that sounds like a great holiday that I'd like to celebrate more than Passover. Stankonica. Sorry. Stankonica. The name of this episode is Stankonica. Stank- I like it. I like Stankonica it. sounds awesome. Uh, that would be great. So ah. does so does Andre come over every, for eight days and uh, and he he, you know, he lights the menorah. Like right? he comes over and lights the menorah. What? How does that? Uh, how does that work? Harrison Stankonica. Anyway, you guys. I know what he was saying. I know what he was saying. I. It's cool. Anyway, I I think you could argue Equimini. I mean, I don't know. Equimini or Atelians. I don't know. Like I said, those first three. But you're not getting love. I'm you're not, not, yeah, you're not getting. I'm not support. getting love, so no. I'll, I'll 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 withdraw that one. No. I'll, you guys, you guys. It sounds like well, you were saying Karis one and who who else? Jay Z. Wyclef John solo <laughs> work. Uh, what? Okay. Oh, I, can, I can get behind KRS One. What, Harrison? You? Oh my God! You're going KRS One. Yeah. You guys, you teamed up last wow. week. Now this is ridiculous, Steve. This just... is my this is my condition of coming on the show today is that you have to include KRS One. Well, that's two 90s. votes for KRS One. So Steve, Todd, you're terrible at negotiation. This I, is the last. <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am obviously against KRS One being on the final list, but Todd, you you basically. You have to decide. It's KRS one. Who is the choice here? Oh, two, Tupac, KRS one, or Jay Z. Oh, oh, right. We are. Everybody's gonna put Jay Z and Tupac on the. Well, Tupac was on my list, so I mean, I, I obviously and that's I, where I'm. I support. I go Tupac over KRS one. <laughs> uh, well, so we're split two to two. <laughs> oh man! All right, we're gonna have to argue. Let's uh, go back. Well, it's clearly that they're clearly number five, so we'll get back to that. So. So number one is is it it's I think it's between Biggie, Are we gonna say Biggie? Biggie oh, you have to and Wu Tang. We have to rank now. We usually oh, yeah. rank. We have to rank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we rank. I gotta go. I gotta go. Actually, fellas. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You just. I allotted uh, you know an hour an hour to this and now. That's fine. Yeah, we're over time. Two hours. It's okay. We'll, we'll... I got a baby upstairs, man. Yeah. That's right. I yeah. know, man. That's good. Right. Go celebrate Stankonica. <laughs> I'm gonna go celebrate. I'm gonna. Go celebrate. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. All right, Steve. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, man. All right, later. No, thank you. Yep. Chrome Bills, give me give me a shout out. Chrome Bills. That's right. Yeah. All right. Chrome All right. Bills. So so we've got uh, we, we've got the final list here. So it's Big Year Wu Tang at the time, and you just lost Harrison. You lost your support for. I just lost. Yeah. I think we decided the five slots. Yeah. 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 Great guess. All right. That's fine. Biggie, Biggie or Biggie or, uh, or Wu Tang, I go Biggie. Biggie one. I will go. I'll, 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 I go Biggie. Biggie number one. Wu Tang number two. All right. Wu Tang cool. two. Uh, tribe. Tribe or Public Enemy at three. Tribe. 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 Harrison had him All at right. two. I had him at one. And then yeah. four is Public Enemy. And five yeah. is, is Tupac. Tupac. You lost, Harrison. 
There we this go. It's so yeah. interesting Thanks, how Steve. this so interesting <laughs> how this takes shape. Hey, when so, the baby calls, you gotta go, right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's kinda it's NCAA tournament esque the way it takes shape because it's kinda it's unexpected when you first start. It's true. Like I don't I don't think it's anyone madness. It is madness. So the definitive list, the best hip hop acts of the nineties, number one, notorious B. I. G. Number two, Wu Tang, number three, Tribe, number four, Public Enemy, and number five, Tupac. So there you go. All right. Good you got, this was go. this was a tough list. So moving yeah. on. It was like a battle royale. Yeah, it, it was like a battle royale. It was like, it, well, speaking of which, The Undertaker lost in WrestleMania for the first time in 23 <laughs> time. years. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, big news. Uh, big big news of the week, of course, Coachella underway, taking place two weekends, and the Outcast reunion, and uh, we we discussed it a little bit earlier. I I thought the beginning of the set, the the uh, the set which they they played their first show, uh, the, uh they did Bombs Are Baghdad yeah, in, yeah, into uh, Gasoline Dreams. That was awesome. So that was great. Yeah, that was oh, really that was... cool. So. Uh, it's funny though how they still take breaks and do solo, not necessarily like solo stuff, but I feel like the amount of time they're on stage together is still not. It's still only like fifty percent of the time. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's just funny how they have they clearly defined themselves a long time ago as like separate entities that yeah. they come together. Yeah. For, for this. The um and then Outside Lands announced their lineup. I thought they did a really good job with the artists that they were able to get. Yeah, headliners. they got Yeezus. You got to be happy. Yeah, about that. yeah, Yeezus coming to San Francisco, and then Killers and Tom Petty. Uh, it's a it's a good good lineup, and it's obviously, a good lineup. yeah, they did yeah. they did a really good. I didn't job. know Killers were doing it. I don't know if that helps or hurts at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shot at the night. Everybody's heard yeah heard enough Killers, but I, I think it's good. Shot uh, the night also cool. could have replaced one shining moment as a great yeah you know. a little bit. Shot at, <laughs> you saying shot at the night could replace one shining moment? Is that what you're I saying? I think that's what he was saying. That's what I was saying. What did, did I stutter? Come on. Shot yeah. at the night? No, he got game. Yeah, they used it so much during the, the tournament. He got game. He got game. And then game. You, you'll yeah. go you'll go to the mat on that one. Oh, I will, man. I will. I, yeah, that's true. There's no doubt. Speaking of the mat, perfect segue, Todd. Well done. That's good broadcasting. There Billy you go. Corgan, and he will not give up on his pro wrestling dreams to own a pro wrestling league. And he went on WGN TV this past week. And uh, during the, the Cubs opening day, it was either this week or the week before, during Cubs opening day at Wrigley, and he decided that he was going to promote his new wrestling league, and he brought out these wrestlers that he has. Like, this is for real. He's really doing this, and it's, it's very regional. It's, uh, I don't even think it's in Chicago. Yeah. It's in various parts of Illinois. Yeah, it's around. a bizarre – the whole thing is a bizarre story. Well, what about the – but he's not the first rocker to do the wrestling thing. You guys know Bob Mould wrote – Theme music for WCW back in the day. Oh really? Yes. Did really? That. Yes. That's Bob awesome. Mould. So yeah, he's not the first. He's not the first guy to do this, but um, he is the first guy. He is the first rocker maybe to own a uh, a professional wrestling league. So here it is. This is him at opening day at Wrigley talking about the wrestling league. Giddy, that's a bit Corrigan. of a strong word. Corrigan. He's so Stop weird. Following me around. The reporters now, weird this too. This is a relationship now. Because because now you just want to be around me. You have, you have a charisma. I, I so odd. Play my song. Here we go. Yeah. Billy Corgan is here with us. You come year after year to the home opener. Yes. Why? Uh, masochism. <laughs> is that what describes every Cubs fan at this point? Uh, I don't know. It's getting a little surreal here. We're over 100 years. and Talk about surreal to my left. You brought me the, the rest. She's pointing to the wrestlers. Is this a throwdown? No, there's a relationship. There's a relationship between you and them. I don't have a problem with having a relationship. You got to listen to these I wrestlers talk. Corgan, the half-naked men, and the lovely Puerto Rican girl. Are you Puerto Rican? I'm not. I'm Mexican. Oh snap! Okay. Wow. Uh, that was that was nice. Uh, 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 yeah. 
Wait, listen to you got to hear Billy Corgan and the wrestlers. Right there. Right there. Right there. And then, of course, you are one brave man. You are one brave man to show up to Wrigley Field in this this look. I am not one brave man. I am the sexiest man in Chicago. There's a complete difference. The rest of these fans. Keep in mind, this wrestler is hanging out with Billy Corgan. Water from a glacier. Anyway, it's very bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's, it's very, enough, very bizarre. Yeah. Billy Corgan promoting his wrestling, uh, yeah. his, his wrestling league. You've so. gotten borderline obsessive with Billy Corgan. Yeah, you, it's you not really me. I don't Billy blame Corgan. it on me. You know what it is? It's it's Vice who continues to cover the weirdness of All Billy right. Corgan. So I'll give them some credit. He's slowly mor- morphing into the Lex <laughs> Luthor of the <this> show. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be co-hosting one day. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Billy Corgan and his pro wrestling league. So. What's uh, what are you guys listening to? What did you guys check out this week? I, dude, I spent all week boning up for this episode, so I got nothing. Yeah. I, I spent the whole time, but it was good. I listened good. to a lot of really, really good old school uh, rap. So, yeah, um, good reset. That's for a, me. the fun, yeah, fun part of the show. But um, yeah, I was gonna mention a couple of shows that I don't think I had mentioned recently, but uh, I did see Broken Bells. This was a few weeks ago, but they put on a amazing show was really impressed i wasn't i mean i was expecting it to be good but they were phenomenal so i'm excited they're going to be at firefly they're at a lot of the festivals this summer um but i'm more excited now than i was before that um so they were great old steady also great saw them last week so i've been listening to a lot of those artists and then i saw neil finn of crowded house fame last night and uh he is a criminally underrated songwriter and singer but and i guess if we lived in new zealand we'd probably he'd be a household name but he is not here. So, anyway, those are a few things I wanted to mention. Cool. And I, I watched, finally watched the Nine Inch Nails uh, Austin City Limits show, which not not from the festival, but they did they did ACL, or they did the Austin City Limits TV show. It's amazing. You have to see it. You realize how good a musician Trent Reznor is. I don't know if anybody really doubts that, but it's a really good, it's really good insight into how good a musician is. He is, and what he does with that Nine Inch Nails material on that show, and seeing a live performance of it that I think is totally different than, which is completely different from anything that you would have seen in the heyday of Nine Inch Nails, the mid '90s, late '90s, um, and still just as good. And of course, that's streaming on ACLTV.com. But that it's just it's it's cool because it's it's unique. You wouldn't expect Nine Inch Nails necessarily uh, be doing ACL, and and Trent no. alludes to that. But it's it's something worth watching. So if you got an hour, check that out. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's it. So that's all that's right. all. Well, I'm glad we were able to do the the definitive list, best hip hop acts of the '90s. I mean, playing us out, of course. He got game. Oh, of course. Yeah. Anything else to add, guys? Before we get to Stephen Stills singing? No, I think, I think that's a wrap. Okay. That's a wrap. <laughs> we got game. They got game. He got game. It might feel good. It might sound a little something. But fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. Yeah, that's right. 